This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Vayner Nation, how are you? Excited for a fresh new, uh, non-throwback, non-edited from some <laughs> sort of keynote episode here live in Hudson Yards at the office. Uh, really dynamic individual here that I think is gonna be able to give some insights and inspiration to a lot of people that are on their journey of really creating content around a passion or trying to achieve attention in a modern uh, digital media landscape. And so when this opportunity arised, I was like, this, this is actually the right time, especially as I'm writing a new book called Day Trading Attention that will come out next year. Um, I think this, uh, this fits well and will really help uh, add some color commentary. And so without further ado, my friend, why don't you tell the Vayner Nation who you are and uh, and how you describe yourself and then I'll go into my series of questions. Yeah, great to meet you, Gary. Great to meet you too, my friend. I am Alan Chicken Chow. I am a creator with the mission to unite a universal audience through laughter and storytelling. And I am the number one YouTube shorts creator uh, in the world, actually. Um, I got started making videos as a way to connect with my family. When I went to college, my mom and dad, they moved to a little town in West Virginia where they had no friends or family. So I started making videos just as a way to make my mom laugh. That's and amazing. It's gone from my mom to like 40 million followers across platforms, 30 billion views we, we crossed recently and a full you know business with full-time employees. So I'm really grateful for this journey. And now I'm here talking to you. <laughs> well, let's take it back. So yeah. you grew up where? I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Okay, and so when you went to school, your parents moved? Uh, yes, yeah, when I went to college. Yes, yeah. and so because of that, that before that point, you grew up consuming content at scale on the internet or no? Yeah, I did. I, I watched a lot of content, especially Vine, RIP Vine, yes. Miss the Vine days. And yes. I remember, you know, I had a period when I was depressed in high school. Mm -hmm. And I remember I did this challenge called 100 Days of Happiness Challenge, where I took a photo of something that made me happy every mm -hmm. single day. Mm -hmm. And 30, 40% of those were just screenshots of Vines because they were the only thing that made me happy during a depressed period. So yes. that's something I think about a lot when creating like, happy which which kind creators stood out for you during that era do you remember ah uh, during that era um you know what i actually still back in that day i liked uh uh i actually liked like the the top viners like king batch and mm -hmm. amanda cerny those types mm -hmm. and they stuck around so mm -hmm. um i think they were great but i really loved like the the trends like the thing that was great about vine was you couldn't really upload videos that were like taken from your phone, you had to like shoot it on Do your it. phone. That's so right. it was like, like the, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think like uh, of, of Vine trends, it'll come to me, but like, like just like the really inane, like. Um, yeah, the stuff that the Rudy and Jerome Jar and all the, and McGallus yeah. and all those guys were doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the ones that are just like normal people. I Yeah, I mean, like I, I really Vine. do think in a lot of ways that Vine was the preview to the TikTok world we live in yeah. today. Mm -hmm. um, and and really changed the landscape. Okay, so you start making these videos for your mom. Yeah. And what 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 is the next step in the journey? From mom to 40 million followers across platform, what was the first sign that this was gonna be a little bit more than just mom? Yeah, so um, the so my video started to go viral like here and there. As I was so posting. you made the video for mom, but you knew to post it everywhere with it giving maybe a chance of something happening. Is that how your mind thought about it? Yeah, well, I, I had a TikTok page and my mom was my only follower. And yes. I would just post them so that she would watch them. But then- But you just, had a sense that maybe something would happen with them, right? 
Sure, yeah, yes. yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. It's not uh, like you made something that would be a video that you would only text your mom. Right, you would right. make it with mom as audience of mine with uh-huh. a conscious or subconscious understanding that maybe one would hit and you would take it from there. Yes, okay. exactly, yeah. And, and by the way, the reason I just brought that up and I apologize, this is where I'm trying to make it huge for the audience. Like, that is a really smart way to think about it. I really do think too many people go into the game which is now the game everyone's living, which is like, let me get famous on social media, you know, with the intent of I need to be famous, I need to make money. I think if you go in with the intent of I'm gonna make videos that might go, but I'm making it for this purpose, whether Mm -hmm. it's for your mom, or it's your favorite hobby, or you're making it for a group of, like think about all the text message group threads right now with six or seven yeah. people in it where people are just making each other laugh. Uh-huh. That that could, in theory, obviously with a couple of tweaks and less inside jokes or maybe more inside jokes, be something people could post on all platforms now because we're living through the TikTokification of every platform. So that was your journey for yes. mom, but comma, maybe it might hit. Exactly, yep. yeah, yeah. And that way you can keep that genuine purpose around that I still yep. have in creating my videos. Yep. My mom's still my target audience, but... Um, yeah, but but more people can see it. And um, one big thing happened where I was like, I was getting like traction online, like, you know, get maybe I think like 10,000, 20,000 followers. And I went to volunteer at a school in Indonesia. And I had done acting for film and TV and I was very proud of it. I was on like Grey's Anatomy and some shows. And I went to these kids and I wanted them to watch my episodes. And they had no idea what like ABC was or Grey's Anatomy. But they were like so excitedly consuming my videos. And I was like, wow, this is the future. This is the future of media. Like like global content is the future. And in one moment, I can post a video right now and reach 40 million people. That's actually crazy. There's no barrier between me and those people all over the world. I I remember seeing that moment and being like, wow, okay, I think that- I should take this serious. Yeah. This is not a platform to get me to TV. This is TV. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I I really genuinely, I wrote, the first book I wrote, Crush It, uh, yeah, that came out in 2009, basically says that premise. Right. And so like hearing you go, th- when was that moment? Um, this was around 2020. Great. Yes, yeah. So like thinking about you going through that moment in 2020 around something that I've like really believed to be true in, since 2005, really six, since YouTube, 2007. I. It's really fun because I still, like what when I just heard you say that, I'm like, man, my brain while you were telling that story was like, man, we're still that early uh-huh. where that's not just common wisdom. Right, yeah. That you, even though you were enacting, paying attention to Vine, for you, even just three years ago, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, this is the platform, not the stepping stone to the platform, mm-hmm. I think is a really important call out. I think a lot of people don't realize the podcast, their YouTube show, their TikTok account, their LinkedIn for B2B, like being huge on LinkedIn, let's say a top 50 followed person on LinkedIn is a bigger platform than writing for the Wall Street Journal or being on CNBC. And I think people continue to struggle with that knowledge and I think we're starting to get to that realization. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Like, and there now there's so many platforms and it. it's so interesting you bring up that TikTokification of the different platforms. That's right. So the next step in my journey was um, 
moving to YouTube. Yep. And actually, my brother who's here with me now, he yep. created my YouTube channel and he uploaded all of my original uh, TikToks. Yeah, onto uh -huh. YouTube because he heard from yep. you that yep. basically <laughs> on TikTok at the time you couldn't search. That's so right. So like, if friends like wanted to search for your TikToks, yeah, they couldn't find yep. it. But YouTube was powered by Google, That's right. so they could search up Alan Chicken Chow yep. mom funny video yep. and they could find it. That's right. So we started uploading on there, and then I read an article that Shorts was being beta tested in India, and I was like, okay. So I went and I hashtag all the videos Shorts. One of them went really viral uh, and had like 100,000 views, whereas all the other ones had like 10. Mm -hmm. And it came from 99% unknown source. And I was like, oh, this is YouTube's way of telling me this is YouTube Shorts before it even had a mm -hmm. metric of how to tell mm -hmm. me YouTube Shorts. This is going to be huge. So I started to focus all in on Shorts, shorts. because um, I great. like... I think that YouTube has created some of the biggest businesses and the biggest stars and has a very healthy economy with AdSense. Um, and yeah, so our, we shifted our focus over there and now we're the number one shorts creator in the world. And of course it took a lot of work between that, like a lot like, of- Like what? Like, like what? Like I, I read this book called Essentialism, which yep. said you can be the best at one thing, or I'm sorry, yeah, you can be, good at many things or the best at one thing. And I was like, okay, what are these things that I'm kind of good at, but I'm not the best at? Uh, acting, yeah. TikTok, I mean, I'm not cabby. So like, what can I be the number one best at? And it was in the top 50 of shorts creators. And I was like, okay, I can be the top shorts creator. Let's go for it. And so mm -hmm. I just cut away. It was actually about saying no to a lot of stuff. Cut away all these like distracting opportunities yes. in order to focus all in. And then, you know, the normal working hard, like get up, work every day, be consistent, yeah. get up early, post every day, doesn't matter like if you're tired or sick, Let, like do go, it. Let's go back to that. <laughs> I remember I remember when my friend Travis decided to go full-time as the CEO of Uber. Mm. So he was a co-founder and they hired a CEO because it was actually Uber Cab, which is the original name of Uber, was a side project of Garrett Camp, who was the founder of StumbleUpon, which was a very early internet discovery platform that was huge. And Travis, who was, who had a Napster competitor as a kid at UCLA and later had a big company and was a really talented guy who was an investor when I met him and we were investing in startups together. They joined up, they did Uber Cab, they hired an incredibly talented young man named Ryan Graves to be CEO. And then Travis kind of recognized, wait, this might be big and decided to become full-time CEO. And I remember in this like three month period, cause we talked a lot during that time. Um, I like hit him up about like two investments and like one other thing and like a conference and like another thing. And every time he was like, and I didn't believe, understand it actually at first. He said, no, no Gary, like I only do Uber now. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then I hit him up again and he was like, no, no, like I have to give 100% of my effort to Uber now. Mm. And like I'm the other side of the pillow. I've got 47 things like I'll do this with you right now, which is content and the Gary Vee of it all. My next meeting is a VaynerX meeting that really matters. The next one after that is a Vayner, is a V Friends meeting. Uh -huh. I'll call AJ on uh, my way to a nonprofit board that I'm a part of called Pencil Promise. The galas tonight. I have a call with AJ about Vayner Sports in between literally just my afternoon today. Yeah. has five different things I'm involved in. And that's what makes me tick and I enjoy that. I think what's important about that is I want everybody to listen real quick. Most of this game is about self-awareness. For such a young dude, for you to be able to read that book, tap in, and then have the humility and self-awareness to say, I'm not the best actor. 
mm. or I'm not sure I could be or maybe, but or I'm not even the best at TikTok even though I've got some action. I can be the best at this YouTube shorts thing. I think that will work for a lot of people who are listening right now. I think on the flip side, you get inspired by that and you're not self-aware. If 15-year-old me heard that, that would have either been a moment where I was like, oh, I wanna be like him and I would have tried to force myself into being something I wasn't or 15-year-old me would realize, that's cool, there's different ways to do that. I think for everybody who's listening, I do believe that in the extremes of success that I've, at now 47 years old, have looked at, I think the two people on this podcast right now represent it. All in chaos <laughs> or all in one thing. Uh-huh. Because the chaos keeps people like me happy, mm. which makes the whole thing go. I think sometimes people are caught in the middle. They do two or three things and they don't realize they should do 17 or one. Yeah. And that's the one takeaway. I hope that provided some people some value. So, yeah. okay. So you and, go and all in. Way, you How can... long did you go into that, like, in the cave, crazy, like, fucking saying no to everything? Full, 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 full. Like, you yeah. wouldn't even be here right now yeah. if you were in that zone. How long yeah. did that zone last? Until now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. For like a year, year and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you feel like you're on the other side of that craziness and you're ready to like, okay, I've hit that goal. I get the branding of that. Yes. I built out more of a team. Uh I'm, I'm, you know, so actually to that question, where are you at right now? Like, how are you thinking about that next step? Yeah. So I I love what you said. And and I think you can bounce between being essentialist and an all in is or a, to, or a, an explorer, explorer. A curiosity exactly. framework, uh, a business development, a tasting things. Yes. I, by the way, I do that too. Yeah. Even for all, like even in my craziness of doing a hundred things, there are moments. I mean, be friends. I was gone yeah. for a year. Yeah. And like to launch it, so I, I do think you can bounce. Yes. Yeah. And so now I'm I'm in that bouncing stage where we're we got the branding, we we achieved our goal, we are the number one mm-hmm. shorts created in the world. So like right now for me, it's all about elevation. Like how and do we you, take the content and you, elevate are, it? Is number one based on the way you're saying it, the most followed or the most views the in most shorts? The most views, yeah. And do you feel attachment to that? Like do you worry that now you'll go discover things that you'll quote unquote get past? Um, or you feel like you've got that, you're good, you recognize that if you're not in the lab 18 hours a day on it, inevitably somebody else is doing that right now and they will pass you. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm. I I'm in the works. <laughs> Is it we'll a little see. bit of both? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. No, we'll it's see. an interesting question. Yeah. I I think where I'm going for the broader mm-hmm. audience is I think sometimes we as humans attach to something uh-huh. without realizing that that could actually be your downfall. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm so empathetic, and I actually love that you answered it the way you did, which is like. It's hard to give that up. Uh-huh. It's fun to, you brought up four times in like five, I get it. Yeah. I do this stuff all the time, New uh-huh. York Times, whatever it is. I think it becomes a jail uh-huh. for a lot of creators or creatives, whether it's an arbitrary number, uh-huh. a blue check, mm-hmm. yeah, as high as you've gotten, which is insane. That's an insane to think, because I'm a very big believer in YouTube shorts. And what I love about shorts is I think it's much more long tail than other platforms. Yeah. Like you achieving this level of views, that has long tail value three years from now yeah. that TikTok doesn't, mm. that Instagram doesn't. Yeah. Because because YouTube is the second most searched platform in the world besides Google, you will get that long tail. Uh-huh. Whereas even though TikTok search is growing, it just it's just different. Mm-hmm. And so that that's pretty powerful. But I do think it's interesting to think about like, will you now go six months exploring? Yeah. Will some kid in you know, in Argentina, uh-huh. 
go six months in the lab and pass you <laughs> and true. what does that feel like? Uh-huh. You know, Charlie D'Amelio had to go through that because uh-huh. she was so identified like that. And I think many people have to go through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully I, I, I am, I feel like a whole person that's not like super attached to my work and that I feel so identified by these things. And mm-hmm. so I think I, I'm okay, whatever happens in the future. And I'm really passionate about what I'm doing next, which is building a long form series out on, on my YouTube channel. It's a, it's a show called Alan's Universe. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it's a high school love story um, based on love, friendships, and growing up. And it's a nine, 10 minute series that's completely done without talking. So we're trying to take the cabbie concept that works on TikTok and prove that global content is the future and can work and reach people across the world. When you're doing that, plan. are you scratching your acting yeah. bug? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. to that, out of pure curiosity, do you envision the Netflix of the world? Do you envision feature films? Like, Do you envision doubling down on your core acting skills? Sure, I think that's a definitely- Like is that you want that? I think that's definitely a possibility. Are you getting distracted by the businesses that can be built by being an influencer at this scale? Call it the Mr. Beast and the Logan Paul and Kate. Like, are you thinking about consumer products? Yeah, um, I think, I think I'm really open to what is in store next. Like, because we're just coming off of building to be at the top, and so I'm in an exploratory period where I'm not opposed to consumer products. I'm not opposed to say hosting a show or like creating a show with. We just, I just had a meeting with the CW yesterday. Like just being really open to what's next. Being in the um, mindset of maybe, and then once going through that, deciding what's yes and no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like you said, like be, being being very open to all these different things because you don't know what's going to hit. And I, I, we're think it's, I think it's flying. brilliant. I, I, I think the world is atrocious at maybe. <laughs> yeah. People walk into everything so yes and no doubt. Mm. And I used to say, like, don't be a no person, be a yes person. I realized, wait a minute, I'm not a yes person. I'm a maybe person. Uh, I go into everything with maybe, and then I make a decision. Yeah. I think if you're overtly no, you're cynical, and you've already lost. Mm-hmm. I think if you're blindly yes, you're often delusional <laughs> and not practical. Yeah. And I've come to realize it's actually maybe that is the powerful world for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it 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 can change with the different eras in your life as well. Well, that's inevitably the fa- power of maybe. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like yeah. if, you know, how old are you? I'm 26. Woof. So, you know, when it's <laughs> as epic as being 26 and really having the world as your oyster, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna go through an incredible chapter here. Ah, uh, yeah. 10 years from today, you're still gonna be shockingly young uh-huh. and you'll be 10 years of learnings, experiences, success and failures, both personally and professionally. And to your point, you'll be met with new opportunities that you might be met with today that in 10 years, maybe if you lean with maybe, may end up being a no, that today is a yes or vice versa. Mm. That is absolutely right. Yeah. And one thing that I am uh, certain on is my my mission, like what I want in general, which is to unite a universal audience through laughter and story. I think, so like I think, that, is, that. Yeah. I think that is such a brilliant contemporary point of view in understanding how distribution works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's achievable. Yeah. Especially yeah. with what's coming next. The fact that every one of your videos will have AI voice and lip syncing completely done in two to three years and you will have videos speaking everything from German to Farsi wow. to Russian to every other language. Like that's the next step for all of us. Yeah. One of the remarkable advancements in AI already 
is is transcribing and dubbing. It's it's insane to me that I'm gonna go to Turkey and go to Warsaw and go to Paris and tons of people are gonna run up to me in five years and talk to me in a language I can't speak because I've been speaking to them in their native tongue. That's bananas. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And then of course I start thinking about, okay, well then the ear pods are gonna have translation and all the AI and just like, we're all just gonna be talking to each other, which is, you know, wonderful because I think communication and dialogue is the only way we can fix a lot of our problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, the changes that AI are going to make to content is going to be huge. I was, go ahead. No, please. I was just going to say it was part of an announcement with YouTube oh, yeah. where uh, they they announced Aloud, which yeah. allows you to dub with yeah. one click. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Like, and it's just the beginning. So it's we'll just see how it's going to change. Exactly right. Before we get out of here, knowing that you thought about like being on the podcast, what have we not touched on yet that we want to touch on? Obviously, I want everybody to check out your channel and your handle, so let's push that real quick. How do the people find you? Uh, yes, it's Alan Chicken Chow on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, everything. Spell yes. that out for everybody who's <laughs> like me and can't spell it. <laughs> A-L-A-N-C-H-I-K-I-N-C-H-O-W, and that's my full, real, legal name. And... And what else did we not touch on that you think you want to touch on to this audience? Yeah, I just, I want to say again that I think global content is the future. Like what you said about AI, like what Cabby proves. And if you look at the top most viewed, like TikTokers, top 10, all of them don't talk. I think that the future is global content. The future is global in general, not just content. The world's connected. Yeah, the world is so connected. And that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I think is the next step, the the next stage of um, what creators. About, what about while I've got you and, know, and I have a good sense of who's listening to this, uh-huh. what about the Fortune 500 CMOs and CEOs that listen to this? Literally the biggest brands in the world. You know, how should they be thinking about engaging with creators and influencers at your size? What do they get wrong? What do they underestimate? You know, and kind of like, what do you, you know, even giving you a second of who would you like to collab with or what kind of things are you looking to collab with? Yes, if yeah. If you're even looking to collab. Yeah, I think I think still to this day, a lot of the traditional industries, they still don't understand the level of influence that influencers I have. Uh, I was part of a beta shopping program on YouTube where we would tag products and it was a beta test and I would tag these products. I have this red flannel I wear all the time. Yes. I'm not wearing it right now, but um, I can I, see that. We, we, would, we would tag it and um, it would suddenly go unavailable all the time. And me and my assistant, we kept on giving feedback to the team like, hey, I, there's something wrong with the button. It's unavailable. But you, but you probably also understood that it was selling. Yes. And like that's it's what not, I was about it's to not say. like it's, te- again, back to the book. Back then, people like, you might have been cordial and nice to YouTube or Google, but you knew the shit was fucking selling. No, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. The, their response was, no, it's not unavailable because every button works. You're selling the product out. But you knew that, right? <laughs> I didn't know. Really, I, genuinely? I, I didn't know. I mean, I saw the amount of clicks that we were getting, but I didn't know that we were like selling out this flannel. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, to your point, I get whether you're being self-deprecating or humble, I get why Fortune 500 CEOs don't know, uh-huh. to your point. Yeah. But I think all of you in the trenches know. Yeah. We're yeah. living it. Yeah. We know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think that in influencers, that the amount of influence that we have, is it's insane. Like the, the amount of traffic if, if that we can push. If there was a draft to sell shit on the internet in that format, to sell shit. Yeah. If there was a draft, like a sports draft, and there was 50 celebrities on television and movie and film Netflix included from Hollywood. 
and 50 top creators from YouTube and TikTok, and I was one of the teams drafting, I wouldn't draft a single person from Hollywood until <laughs> every creator and influencer was off the board. That's true, yeah. That's how big the gap actually is. Yeah. And I'm talking any celebrity. Mm -hmm. Take your top 15 actresses. Yeah. You know, now, an actress or actor who's also killing it on social, then that, I may, you know, mm -hmm. you give me a, Kev, a Ryan Reynolds, a Kevin Hart, then, I'm, then I have to think it. But even with those people, I just, Rihanna, even with them, if we're really talking top 50, creator, influencer, top 50 primary Hollywood, I'm, t I'm taking the first 50 on the left side prior. Yeah. It's just, it's just that big of a gap of influence at this point. Yes. The cat yeah. is out of the bag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to work with Disney. I want to build the next Disney. That's like my, my dream and legacy. And so. And do you think about yeah. that the way I think about it with BeFriends from a animation and character base or do you think it more like the Disney Channel stuff that content that we see more of like Hannah Montana yeah I think I think I'm I think about it in terms of storytelling I want to build the, the strongest like characters and and um, stories on my channel that can build a legacy that surpasses me Good for yeah. you. <laughs> My friend, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for thank inspiring you so people. And thank you for entertaining. And I, I do believe that in a world of a lot of content that strikes fear into people mm. and unhappiness, I think it's incredibly important to people that are shining light on love and happiness and smiling and positivity. And I appreciate you being a contributor. And that was a very primary reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Thanks, and man. I hope that everybody who's listening gets to discover this young man's content and uh, hope everybody has a wonderful day.